Hey everybody, it's Greg. Episodes of the QNT podcast were recorded between June and September 2022. All mentions of the Patreon are now obsolete as that channel no longer exists. The information, however, is still relevant and hopefully you find some value in it. Enjoy. Yo, 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 what's going on, everyone? This is Greg Lunt, and welcome to episode 7 of the Quant Podcast here on Patreon. This recording is taking place on August 29th, 2022. Our guest today is a Quant Twitter OG and one of the top followed accounts in the community. One thing that I love about him is how generous he is in sharing his audience with other creators. He's always retweeting different people in the community to help showcase their work and spread the good word. And on top of his content curation, he also does technical analysis on QNT, which I'm excited to ask him a little bit about today. Please welcome Crypto Nerd to the podcast. What's going on, man? Hello. Hello, everyone. Hey, Craig. Thanks for inviting me here. I'm really excited to be here. Of course, brother. I'm happy to have you. And thanks for agreeing and being so flexible with your schedule. You're out in Pakistan, right? So it's about... 8.30 in the morning over there right now. So getting some quant into your system right in the beginning of the day. I appreciate you taking the time, man. So the way I usually like to start these episodes, instead of just diving straight into all the quant stuff, I want to do a quick lightning round with you. So I'll just ask you like a few really quick questions that have nothing to do with crypto. It's just more about you and just like, you know, you give me like one sentence, you know, kind of answers for them. You know, they're just little fun questions. So I'll start firing those off at you. Are you cool with that? Yeah, sure. I'll do it. Shoot. All right, cool. So first question, how old are you? I'm 37. Would you rather run for 20 minutes or would you walk for an hour? I'll run for 20 minutes. What's the last album you listened to or concert that you went to? Uh, well, <laughs> I'm a big fan of Backstreet Boys. In back in the days, in, back, in, in my teenage, I used to listen to them. And um, uh, right now, I don't, I don't, I don't have much time to listen to the music. But it's like on the go. If anything which uh, suits me and I like, I just listen. It's not particular any choice. You know what's crazy, dude? My dad actually produced and worked very closely with the Backstreet Boys back in like the pop explosion back in uh, late '90s, early 2000s. He was a record executive at Jive Records. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, he worked really close with like Britney Spears and the Backstreet Boys and InSync. Uh, so yeah, I was a Backstreet Boys fan back in the day for sure. So, what is the first thing you do when you get out of bed in the morning, other than talk to me about Quant? <laughs> Uh, the first thing, uh, obviously, first thing I go to the washroom and brush my teeth and stuff like that. And after that, I go for a run, then start with the rest of my stuff. If you could meet anyone, dead or alive, who would you meet? Uh, that's a pretty broad question. There are many people I want to meet who have died. I would prefer to meet uh, Mr. Jinnah, who was the founder of our Pakistan, who founded this country, and I would definitely prefer to meet him. Name one of your guilty pleasures. The most uh, basic guilty pleasure which I do nowadays is going and surfing on YouTube. I, I know this shouldn't be done uh, because if I watch one video, it's all related to crypto, uh, and I just keep on watching and watching one video after another. 
and it's it consumes a lot of my time which i shouldn't be wasting so this is one of the guilty pleasure which is uh, quite happening nowadays dude the youtube algorithm is way too good it's like everything that it suggests is perfect bro yeah it's so addictive i agree i agree what's the first thing you bought with your own money when you were a kid do you remember i th- i think i probably bought some video game uh, of sega i used to play sega in my time uh nintendo and sega i i bought some video game uh, some cartridge for for that money because my father was really uh, sick of me playing video games games all the time so he stopped buying video games for me so one time i went to the shop and i got it from my own pocket money <laughs> okay so last question is there anything in life that you're scared of uh not particularly but i just want to make my family really comfortable financially comfortable socially comfortable because uh, uh in pakistan the political situation is not very good so i'm i'm a bit scared that they don't uh have to hang on here just like i did for the uh, for my life i just want to move on from this country to better economical conditions better than pakistan there's the scary part that what if i i won't be able to do that so and but i'm confident that i'm going to do this with the help of crypto especially quant but this is something which sometimes scare me that's great man uh i mean not to be scared but to have that sort of motivation you know and to be relied upon and to have those type of goals that's really admirable and it kind of leads me out of this lightning round and into you and your background if you want to share anything about you know kind of how you grew up and what you're interested in studying or what you do for a living anything that you want to share kind of about yourself and then maybe how you got introduced to crypto along the way sure sure i was born in karachi it's one of the biggest city of pakistan in fact one of the biggest cities in the world and i did my 10th grade from there and then i did my college and then i did my university i did my bachelor's in business administration my majors were like in marketing and management then i went for my masters i did my mba in supply chain management i have a family business here my father along with his brothers actually we are manufacturer of knitwears knitwears like t-shirts trousers socks undergarments anything which is related to knitwear we manufacture it and we export it to the us market my grandfather actually started it he got his license in 1955 and he started from his home and uh, we still got that home and now it's it's converted into our head office my father looks after the finance i look after the accounts and my brother look after the marketing and uh, you know all the production and so that's how we are running a family business in pakistan in karachi i remember my first bitcoin it was 16th of august 2016 I bought four bitcoins and it was like I was just scrolling from fa- uh, on Facebook and I didn't know anything about bitcoin someone was saying that earn online earn online I was like this must be scam or something but then when I c- continued to see the results I was interested and I just asked the guy man what is bitcoin how do you earn it so he was literally running a like a ponzi scheme you know the affiliate marketing uh, stuff uh the you just have to buy some ads and you just watch those ads and you're going to get some 
rewards on watching those ads. It was something like that. Bitcoin was around three hundred to four hundred dollars at that time. So I said, I'm interested. After some time, the company shut down and <laughs> it was all gone. And I did join some more uh, programs which went bankrupt when the bear market came from 2017. I came to the conclusion that these companies just come and go. They are nothing but big scams. So I switched my focus on my energy in learning about crypto, how to do technical analysis. What are the major aspects to do that? I came to the conclusion that volume spread analysis, VSA, focus is on volume. The amount of money is injected in by smart money and when they are pulling out. I also joined some paid group. There was a guy from Pakistan, a good expert on VSA volume spread analysis. For structures, I used to go on baby pips. It's all free stuff there. I learned the double top, double bottom and uh, the bull flag patterns there. So I had like around 20 to 25 coins. And by the end of the COVID crash, I said to my wife that I'm literally crypto broke right now. I just have some little amount. And she was like, oh, just pull out the money, invest it somewhere else. I said, no, there's one project, uh, Quant Network. I have researched on that and they are working with SIA. It is one of the biggest European financial powerhouse. I'm going to go with that. I'm going to put this all my money because diversification has literally killed my portfolio. So she says, okay, go ahead. So that was the time in March 2020, Quant was $1.02. I went all in. Wow. Okay. So at that time, it was mainly SIA that had your attention with Quant. Were there other things about the project that had you excited? And how has that evolved over the course of the years in terms of your perspective on the project? Actually, there was one article by, there's a guy named Odd Gems. He wrote an article on Gilbert Wardian. That article was really, really inspiring for me. Plus looking at Gilbert Wardian's CV, I was literally astonished and was really excited. The guy has tremendous background, tremendous experience, exposure to this market, and he has a vision. Plus, the SIA confirmation was like a go-ahead for me, a 100% shoot for me, that this is something which is prone to success. So I was like, Gilbert, CV, and SIA confirmation. These were the two aspects, and plus the tokenomics. Because the coins which I was invested in, and I lost all my money was like huge supply and absurd sort of tokenomics. So the tokenomics was like really, really awesome of quant. So I was like, it has supply even less than Bitcoin. This can be the next big thing. So the supply, the tokenomics, Gilbert CV and the CEO confirmation was the big green flags for me. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And that's a really sound way to approach it. I think those are a lot of the things that got me excited as well. I don't think that I really understood perhaps how big SIA was until I dove in a little bit further, but it was just the general nature of all the partnerships for me. All of the green flags, especially when it came to, like you said, Gilbert CV and yeah, the tokenomics, no inflation and having low supply being so important to how the ecosystem works. It's really a special project. And I like how they're very business to business focused. They're an actual company. And if you think of it in a crypto sense, it's like, oh, they're centralized. But if you think of it in just an investment sense, it's like, don't you want a real business that's really running something that's really trying to like work with big people and not just some off the radar DeFi protocol that's probably going to get stomped out? You know, like, let's be realistic here and not live in some fantasy land 
that some random token that just pops up and is trying to make it on their own is going to be the next big thing. So, you know, I, I feel that and I agree with the way that you approached it. So you go from having a bunch of Bitcoin to having 20 different coins to narrowing it all down to quant. When did you start on Twitter and when did you start building that audience? The COVID crash, it shut down all the companies in Pakistan and all over the world. So I was locked in home, so I had to do something. I used to think that many people have lost their money in crypto after the 2017 beer market started. Plus, they lost a lot of money in Ponzi schemes and different sort of shit coins. So I was like, the best thing which I can do is educate people about something which is really legit and which is really good. So I had to spread the word. So I thought that the majority of the audience related to crypto is present on Twitter. So I was like, I should be talking about this, should be spreading the word about quant on Twitter. So I started my Twitter back in like 2017, but I wasn't much active in those days. I started tweeting and talking about quant after the COVID crash, because by that time, I learned a lot of about a volume spread analysis, about technical analysis. So I used to post chart about quant. Uh, I, I still remember that quant chart wasn't available in trading view. <laughs> I used to go to uh, the old exchanges like IREX. Basically in 2020, I started with all my energy on Twitter. So over the past two years, you've basically built your following. You're now over 20,000 followers. Congratulations. I know that just happened recently. Thanks, That's man. exciting. Thank you. Uh, there's only a few people in our community that have reached that milestone. Hopefully I'll get there one day. You, you you deserve 20 million, man. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll get there, man. I think there's going to be a lot of people that come into the space over the course of the next, you know, five, 10 years if we keep this up. And if we're there creating content and sharing information, people are going to want to learn and, and they're attracted to the alpha. So as long as we keep putting out good stuff, we're going to get more followers. And, you know, you said that you started putting out a lot of charts. I want to ask you a little bit about technical analysis. And you talked a little about how you got into it. I'm curious, like how often are you actually trading? Are you trading on a daily basis, a weekly basis, a monthly basis? Like what's your strategy in terms of using technical analysis to make money? Uh, you'll be shocked to hear this, that I haven't sold any quant. I inject fresh funds, which I earn from my business. And I basically look at weekly or monthly chart. My teacher who taught me about the volume spread analysis, he used to say that the more longer time frame you work on, the more accurate it is. Because the shorter time frames are actually, sometimes they're not accurate. I don't usually trade, but like if I get the chance of getting quant cheaper, I buy it. I don't particularly just trade quant. There are also other coins which I do. But basically, I inject the, those all my profits and funds into Quant because I know what Quant is capable of. So you're basically using technical analysis to find good entry points into QNT, and then you do a little bit of side trading with some other tokens just for fun. Yeah, and I, I get that profit, and I also inject those funds in Quant as well, the profit I made from other coins as well. Got it. So Quant is kind of like your store of value and you use that to keep all of your money and the trading that you do, you know, you end up just building that, that bag. Exactly. <laughs> You're good. So one of the reasons that I don't do charting that much, at least on Twitter, 
is because I don't want to feel responsible for making the wrong call. I just try to keep that stuff to myself and focus on the fundamentals. So from your side, how do you handle it when you make a call that doesn't turn out correct? And how do you respond to people who say like technical analysis doesn't matter? It's just all tied to Bitcoin and to the larger markets. Like how do you deal with kind of the adversity in technical analysis? Yeah, I I get that a lot. I get that a lot. You know, there are two sides of everything, you know. I tell people that technical analysis is just probabilities. Sometimes it's work out, sometimes it doesn't. People were really happy when I used to chart from dollar 2 and when I used to tell them that this is going to reach dollar 3 and it did reach dollar 3, then I used to chart and I had the confirmation that it will breach dollar 30. I used to chart that it will going to hit dollar 100. So people were quite happy all the way from dollar two to dollar 400. I really believed it when I said that it will reach dollar 720 because one chart was literally making a bull flag at dollar 420. And plus there was strong fundamental news which was coming up back in September 2021 because the next update, it was about community gateways. So it was a big news for the community. So that was getting aligned with the chart and it didn't happen. The chart went from 420 all the way down. So even in that scenario, I used to tell people that even if my technical analysis didn't work out from 420, they did 200x from $2 to $400. So people who got in on the call on $2 were really in good profit. But let's just ignore all this stuff. Let's just look at the long-term perspective. People who went in con at $5 and then con crashed, literally it went below $1. But then it made a tremendous return and went all the way to $1.15. And there were people who bought the top at $1.15. And I was promoting con at that time as well. So these are the kind of stuff that sometimes it works out, but sometimes it doesn't. But I tell people that it's all about probabilities. But if you believe in the project and you have the patience and you can hold strong and you DCA, this will going to make a huge difference. You're going to reap the benefits. Yeah, DCA is definitely the way to go that I recommend to most people because it's just really hard to know what's going to happen next in the short term. I think I tweeted this out a few months ago. I was like, what if I told you in September 2021 that you could get a 90% discount. I think this was when Quant was around 40 bucks, 45 bucks. I was like, if you could get a 90% discount on this, would you have done this? And it's like, this was only seven, eight months ago. And this is, this is your opportunity right now. On a long-term time scale, this thing's going to go crazy. I truly believe that. Do you have price targets for QNT? Do you have a specific selling strategy? Like, are you going to be taking profits at some point? What are kind of some of the upper areas that you're looking at? Well, if you look at the logarithmic chart, Quant has literally touched the monthly trend line when it was around dollar forty-three. By twenty twenty-five, this thing can easily hit anything between five thousand to ten thousand dollars. It's you know definitely gonna be the next bull market. I don't think it's gonna dip back again to forty-three unless Bitcoin really misbehaves and uh, goes to fifteen k or twelve k. The fundamentals in twenty twenty-three are really great about Quant. We've been listening that blockchain is going live. So 2023 at least can get us to our previous at $400. I am expecting $1,500 to $1,600 in 2023 September. And just to be more conservative, let's just stick with 
$5,000 till 2025. So that's my approach. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a pretty aggressive conservative target, right? So you're calling, and I'm not saying you're wrong or right. I think, you know, you make your call and then we see how it goes and I sure as hell hope you're right. So you're saying that we are potentially looking at about a 50x from now until 2025. So it can be, it can be more because what's quant what quant is actually doing is something uh, which majority of the projects are not. It's basically targeting the big entities here. And just look at the you know tokenomics here. This can move really, really quick. In 1.5 years, it did a 200x. So why not 50x till 2025? Yeah, so I think the argument would be that the macro landscape is different. You know, you mentioned that Bitcoin can't misbehave and drop down to 15 or 12. And I think that that is a real possibility. I'm not calling for that. Again, I don't like necessarily make calls, but I think that quant at this stage is semi-reliant on other markets. And once it evolves and things mature and it has true utility and these networks are all online, then I think it can decouple and kind of take on a life of its own and We've seen, you know, with the short supply, how fast this thing can move. But I'm personally hesitant to make any big calls over the next three years only because I still think we're really early. And I think that this technology doesn't really take shape until the end of the decade. So I agree with you that I think there will be a point where it just blasts off and you know, we just, we go another 50X, another 100X over the course of a couple years span. I definitely think that's possible with this token in particular. I think the next few years is a very sketchy period that I'm kind of just taking more of a wait and see approach. And also I want to just keep my expectations in check because I don't want to be disappointed. You know what I mean? Like I would rather just anticipate that this is going to stay the same or even go lower over the next couple of years as maybe the markets as a whole kind of take a turn or we head into some sort of recession. And that way I can just continue to, you know, work on my cash flow, acquire QNT at low prices, and then hopefully by the end of the decade is kind of where I'm looking for this thing to blast off into the four and five figures. Yeah, I, I do agree with you. But the thing is, by 2025, we're going to be having the next bull market. 2013, we had our first bull market. And then we had three years of bear market. And then 2017 was a blast off. And then we had three years again of bear market. And then 2021 was the bull market. So if you follow the same cycle, then obviously we're going to get the bull market in 2025. And by 2025, I think one will going to make huge gains. It's just my humble opinion. I'm not just giving, you know, straight calls. I'm I'm just being like you. I'm just not making, you know, bold calls that this will going to happen at any cost. It's 100%. Nothing is 100%. It's just my opinion. I would like to add this disclaimer because if it doesn't happen, people are going to call upon again. Oh, crypto nerd said this and look at what had happened, this and that. So I don't want to be that guy. I'm just giving my opinion based on previous cycles. I hope that we have a bull market in 2025 and you're right that it has looked, you know, if you look at the Bitcoin having these things happen every about four years and the only caveat, right, is that 
Bitcoin has always been involved in a macro bull market. So we've always seen like the U.S. stock market, for instance, going up since 2009 all the way to 2021. And Bitcoin has had cycles within that macro bull market. Now, if the macro starts to dip downward, can crypto realize its potential in the short term? That's the question. So we'll have to see. It'll be very interesting over the next few years. And we'll obviously be here to talk about it and to kind of watch the charts and watch the prices. And most importantly, you know, try to find ways to build our stack and look at this as an opportunity. If it does go down and obviously if it goes up, we're all going to be very happy. So outside of quant to kind of bring things full circle, I'm curious if you have a take on what's going on in Pakistan right now and the Middle East when it comes to technology. Are there things that you're noticing that are exciting? What kind of future do you see for the Middle East when it comes to building out new systems and new technology and new smart cities and all these types of things? There is not much in Pakistan about crypto. People are actually getting introduced to it. Crypto is not a legal tender in Pakistan. They're pretty busy with the political situation here. So they put a deaf ear to this situation, to crypto. So things are not really good here uh, uh, regarding crypto. People don't know much about it. Plus, people who had made fortune in crypto have actually moved from here, like to Dubai, the countries where they have least amount of tax or no tax. Dubai is really great when it comes to crypto, although its cost of living is really expensive there. As far as Pakistan is concerned, there is not much future of crypto here. Because first thing which comes in our mind that we need to make this as a legal tender. So after making it a legal tender, we can look further about it. Got you. Okay. Well, it's not legal tender here either. So we'll just have to see how regulation moves forward. And that's obviously also a huge part of, you know, Quant's potential success is how does all this stuff get integrated into governments and into society in a real way and an impactful way. So a lot to look forward to, man. I want to give you a chance to just talk to the patrons and let them know where they can find you on social media or if there's any projects, how can they support your work? Well, uh, right now I'm just on Twitter. I'll be soon starting my YouTube channel and uh, we'll be posting about uh, the potential opportunities to get in Quant. So I'll be posting some charts also on YouTube and uh, on Twitter, I can just post some, you know, pictures, but in video on YouTube, I can explain my stuff, my work properly. So right now I'm just available on Twitter. So you, if you want to follow me, it would be great. I would really appreciate that. But soon I'm going to start my YouTube channel as well. Awesome. Well, I can't wait for that. I'm definitely looking forward to it and hearing you talk a little bit more about your approach and how you analyze these charts and the different indicators you use and all that great stuff. So I really appreciate you taking the time today and I hope that everybody learned something. So thanks, buddy, for joining us today and hopefully we can do something like this again soon. Sure, Craig. It was an honor to be here. Thank you for having me here. Thank you so much. There it is. Episode seven in the books. Thanks to Crypto Nerd for coming through and sharing his story, his perspective on the markets, on Quant's future, and what we have to look forward to in the years ahead. If you want to follow Crypto Nerd or keep up with his work, you can find him on Twitter at LegitCryptoNerd, and that link is in the description below as well. As always, thanks for listening, and I will see you all on Monday for the next weekly video. Peace.